As I predicted, as I warned you all yesterday, uh, gun control has become it's, it's, it's the, the, the central theme of the drive-by media. Uh, after the tragedy here, the massacre at uh, Virginia Tech. And by the way, speaking of something that we were just talking about, this this guy was sending out clear warning signs that he was not right, and nobody would do anything about it on the campus. I mean, they sent him to counseling. We don't know how that went. Uh, it might have been taking antidepressants. We don't know what the effect of that was. Uh, uh, he was he, he went to some institution for a while. We don't know how that went. We also have just learned that the guy's writings, which we did know about, but what we just learned is the guy's writings were so scary that there were people that refused to go to his class. They refused to actually go in the classroom when this guy was there. So there clearly were um, all kinds of... Um, of warning signs about this that were not heeded uh, in a in a serious way. And it's, I said, it's very easy to start running around and say, well, ban guns. It's the GOP's fault. It's Bush's fault. Get rid of the NRA. Rather than actually deal with what circumstances people had known for years prior to this guy committing this random act yesterday. And by the way, I think the Democrats heard me. Dingy Harry's out there. So, no, we can't start talking about gun control now. Yo, yeah, we don't. Let's not rush to gun control. Is the headline of the story uh, on Dingy here? There's no question the Democrats are drive-by media didn't, but uh, but the Democrats did. But I want to explore something entirely different than banning guns, and that would be a ban on political correctness. You people, and you know who you are. I'm getting emails from you. Uh, some of you have called, uh, and you're you're lamenting the um, the soft structure of the American child these days, the American young person, why didn't they gang tackle this guy? Why, why, why didn't they just overpower this guy once he started firing? And, out, and they, all, everybody's got their theories. And one of the theories, one of the most common theories that I'm hearing in my email and on the phones here is that, well, come on, Rush. I mean, from kindergarten on, they're taught conflict resolution. Don't offend anybody. Don't make anybody mad. Well, what is that if not political correctness? And it may be a factor, uh, don't really know. But let me put it to you in the form of a series of questions. What might have had a better chance of preventing the carnage on the campus of Virginia Tech? A law banning guns, which they had. That was a gun-free zone. Or a law banning political correctness. Now, I know what some of you are saying, but rush, but rush, but rush, it was two guns. And by gosh, that's true, folks. Thanks for reminding me. There were two guns the guy had. But let me remind you, the killer was a senior. He was in that university for four years. And his mental state was not a secret. And this university is an institution of higher learning. They have lecturers. They have advisors. They have teachers, professors, deans. And all these people have degrees, postgraduate degrees, doctorate degrees, before he was in this university for four years, he was in a half-scruel, and before he was in the half-scruel, he was in the middle-scruel. Now, even now, we are just beginning to learn some of the warning signs. The flares. These were not signs. This guy was sending up flares. And didn't anybody notice? Was everybody so concerned with the trumped-up global warming scare they didn't notice a real threat, for example? And how about this? The guy's Korean. He's Asian. How many people refuse to do anything about it or even complain about him because they would be tagged as racists? And not just because he's Korean, but he's a minority. How many people in our school system from, you know, K, kindergarten on up through the senior in high school and all that have been, have been, have been 
by virtue of political correctness, you, you don't you don't comment on people who are in a minority, no matter what they're doing. If you're going to be called bigoted, you're going to be called prejudiced. At worst, you might even be called a racist. So I, I wonder how many of the students at this campus live in daily fear of global warming because of what is no doubt being taught there and every other college campus. Uh, that's a, you know, a trumped-up scare, and they don't even notice a real threat. Well, it's hard to say that because somebody, a lot of people, noticed something wrong with this guy, whether that equaled a threat to them. Well, we know that it did with some because they refused to go to the class where he submitted all these writings. You do not have to be a talk show host. You don't have to be a conservative or a Republican or a moderate to ask this. How is it that we have outlawed standards of behavior. Where is our where is our sense of community and, and civic responsibility? Has all that has held our society together been swept away by political correctness? Well, you might have some people, come on, Ruth, you can't say this about us. He was he was just doing his own thing and we didn't want to invade his space. Uh, he's, he's Asian. We we didn't want his civil rights lawsuit. If we single him out for aberrant behavior, where would it stop? So this this is the paralysis caused by political correctness. But the fault, my friends, lies in ourselves, not in a gun shop, not in a gun, not in a not in a not in a hall of Congress, uh, House or Senate, not in Washington. It's easy to say that we need more gun laws. But what's not so easy to say is that we need less political correctness and we need a lot more return to some sensible values that exist, uh, you know, one of the tenets of political correctness is you can't judge anybody. You can't judge them even when you know that there's something wrong with them. You can't offend them. You can't offend them. So what do you do? You just don't go to class when this guy shows up with his wacko writings. Uh, you do your best to send him to an institution, get him on some drugs, but even that, you know, you, you can't offend, you don't, you don't, you don't judge. Um, uh, it's you just leave people alone. It's none of your business. This sort of thing, and uh, this leads to paralysis, which is part of what's one of the many things that we had at Virginia Tech earlier in the week. I just finished a brilliant monologue on the concept of banning political correctness for the good of our kids and the good of our society. I want you to listen to this montage here of uh, NBC's Meredith Vieira, Wolf Blitzer. They have a psychotherapist, Karen Stark, uh, Chris Matthews of Hardball. I still wonder if he's going to resign and let a minority take his position uh, at uh, MSNBC. Uh, Remind me to bring that up because I'm thinking of running a poll at RushLimbaugh.com. Who at MSNBC should resign to allow a minority to have a primetime show? Uh, In fact, we are going to do that. I'll give you the choices here. In, uh, in just a second. So we got Matthews, we got Brand Williams, we got a forensic psychologist, Dr. Helen Morrison, uh, and Larry King, and they're weighing in on the very thing we've been talking about the profile of this guy, the shooter, and, uh, and, and, and the warning signs were all there. Listen to these frustrated questions from the drive by media types and the psychotherapists. Is there a profile for someone who would do something like this? It seems like the classic profile. He's a loner, which fits the profile. What do you do when you have a kid who looks like 
the profile who might go on a rampage. The classic profile of the loner who exhibited trouble, isn't that a trend that deserves now more resources? We see the typical profile of a mass murderer. Is there any way to spot them before? Can we profile this type of person? Love, how does this happen? They all end up asking the same question. Can we end up profiling? Can you imagine if, the, if this guy was Islamic, would we be asking the question? Now they want to profile Asian Americans. Now they want to profile people that they think can be identified as people are going to go out and shoot 32 people in one morning. And I'm telling you, that can't be profiled. I don't care what these people say. It doesn't happen enough. You can't profile somebody's going to do that just because they're a loner, just because they play video games, just because they have a gun. All these things may add up. The, the, the thing you profile is he was a nutcase. And they're all asking, is there something we can profile? Yes, it was all over. The guy was screaming. What's the thing the left says? It was a desperate cry for help. What, Mr. Snurdly? What's the question? You're interrupting me here in the brilliant riff. It better be a good question. Mm. We, that's exactly what I'm saying. We can't profile them if they kill 3,000. We cannot. If we can't profile the Islamofash, no, 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 we can't. We can't even profile them in those... Uh, uh, the, the Transportation uh, Safety Authority, the, 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 you go through the metal detectors, they can't profile them in there. No, your little grandmother might get wanded. <clears throat> your six-year-old might get wanded. You might have to give up uh, your your uh, shaving lotion or shaving cream or whatever. You can't? No, we can't. The same people who agree that we shouldn't be profiling Islamofascists now want to profile people like this. And there's, there was a profile. Nobody paid any attention to it in a serious fashion. Nobody paid attention. I mean, they, they tried to give him drugs, and they sent him to the, uh, the funny farm and all, but nobody did anything about getting him off campus. Uh, see, that's why I say it's so easy to start talking about guns. These guys don't know how they're undercutting their own argument. I, what, what, what are they saying? Are, are they asking, isn't there a way to profile a madman with a gun? Uh <laughs> These people are so out of it. They don't even realize how they set themselves up for people like me. Where, where are these same questions after 9-11? In fact, we've gone just the opposite. We can't profile them at all. David in Columbia, Mississippi. Hello, sir. Welcome to the Rush Limbaugh program. Hi, Rush. Thanks for taking my call. Yes. Uh, greetings from Katrina Ravage, South Mississippi. Right, uh, uh, sir. Yes. You uh, made a point about gun control's impotence, uh, another law not being relevant, and um, Columbine, what, 53 gun laws were violated, another one wouldn't have mattered. You know, this guy had chains and locks. He could have had a five-gallon gas of, uh, tank of gasoline and would have done a lot of damage. Of course. Um, I made that point yesterday. Fertilizer and so forth blew up the Mira building. And, but you can, you, this guy filed the serial numbers off the gun, too. I mean, it clearly indicates a criminal intent. Right. Well, you know, you made the point about folks not being prepared. Um, you know, before the 9-11 hijackings, people weren't ready for that. After 9-11, they wouldn't have put up with people trying to take over the airplane. Uh, same thing about Virginia Tech today. I doubt somebody would be able to do something like that. We did have Columbine, though. We did have precedent about schools being attacked. Um, your point about political correctness is only really semi-tongue-in-cheek. Uh, for instance, you know, one of the guys at the uh, – one of the victims was an Eagle Scout, and he was trained to be – to, to keep his head. He was fired, shot in the leg and it ruptured his femoral artery. And if he hadn't kept his head, he would have bled to death. But he was able to staunch the bleeding, 
and tie his leg up with an electrical cord while Wait a minute. were being shot. I, I, I'm going to have to take a break here. I'm going to hold you through the break. But okay. I want you to get to what you called about because I, yeah. th- I thought I could squeeze you in in a minute and a half. Okay. Back to David in Columbia, Mississippi. All right. Where were you headed with this? The, uh, the Eagle Scout and then... Uh, right. My point is that people, American citizens, can be trained to react under pressure or in emergencies. Uh, this guy was trained just uh, as a, in a voluntary organization. It doesn't require a lot of extra work. If you would have, just, you know, if, if they would just have a portion of emergency preparedness in their wait government. Wait a minute. Plan. Wait a minute. Are you talking? You're not talking about emergency service training like paramedics. No. You're, you're you're talking about, in this case, the students who are watching this guy shoot the gun, learn what to do to stop it. Yeah, keep their heads. Uh, I mean, obviously, you can't train them to be commandos, but you can train people to keep their heads and think logically. What if somebody had just tossed a big heavy? Well, you know, yeah, tossed but a you know, we we got a we got a we we got generation after generation of political correctness that we would have to somehow erase from people's minds to do this. Um, I I look, I understand what you're saying, and this seems to be a budding theme out there that we need to do something here to to get people to toughen up in these circumstances. Average citizens who are involved in whatever these events happen to be, uh, rather than just sit around wait or run away. I want to take you back to Columbine. Remember, after the Columbine massacre, uh, there was the, the Clinton administration mounted this huge push for new gun control, and it was crushed. And do you remember? I, I doubt that many of you will remember this. Do you remember what the given reason was the, the the conventional wisdom on why the two Columbine shooters did what they did, I will tell you, we were told that they were teased. Those two boys were teased and laughed at and made fun of by their classmates. And from now on, we should be careful of that sort of behavior, because if we start teasing people and making fun of them and making them outcasts, then they might act on some of the movies they see or the video games they play or the television shows that they watch and so forth. So let's let's extrapolate that and move forward here to Virginia Tech. Uh, how would it manifest itself? Well, don't call him. Don't don't call this Cho guy a newt, a nut. Don't don't you know, don't 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 point him out to others. Don't don't say, oh, this guy's a wacko. Don't just just shh, shh, shh. he might explode. He might, he might, he might, this guy might blow up. Just let's just not go to class when he's there. Let's just accept the problem is he did explode. I don't, we don't know whether he was teased or not. But I mean, this is this is an outgrowth of political correctness. Uh, don't tease him. And, and of course, what is the real meaning of this? The real meaning when you when you came up with this conventional wisdom, those boys were being teased. They were they were made to feel like outcasts. In the process of doing that, you you in a way you justify their actions. Well, yeah, what do you expect them to do? They put on those long black coats, they grabbed their machine guns, they went on this shooting. What do you expect them to do? They spent their whole youth being laughed at and made fun of. Girls wouldn't go out with them on dates. They made fun of their acne and pimples and zits and so forth. And that's, that, that is how this political correctness is justified because you then come out and you justify what they did because of the actions and behaviors of others, regardless whether it's mass murder or just the commission of a, of a bank robbery or something like that. And that's where political correctness has taken us. And, of course, the umbrella under all this, don't offend anybody. Don't insult them. Don't, don't, don't make them mad. Uh, 
Oh, they might go nuts. Well, they're going to go nuts anyway at some point. Uh, and it's not because they're being laughed at or made fun of. They've got something wrong with them, which was clearly evident uh, in uh, in this guy's case. Authors, what, what, check the timing on this. This, um, this hit last night, uh, about 9 o'clock. Authors of a new comprehensive analysis of antidepressants for children and teenagers say the benefits of treatment trump the small risk of increasing some patients' chances of having suicidal thoughts and behaviors. The risk they found is lower than the one the Food and Drug Administration identified in 2004, the year the agency warned the public about the drug's risk in children. So you can sit there and you can say uh, that, that well, yeah, they, they might get suicidal, but that's a small risk compared to uh, what might happen. I only bring this up because it's... We were told this guy was prescribed antidepressants. I don't know if he took them or not. This is David from Parts Unknown in Pennsylvania. Welcome to the EIB Network, sir. Hello, Rush. This is a privilege. Thank you, sir. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head again with implying that political correctness is causing paralysis to action. I teach, and we've noticed recently that students do not participate in class. And this is at a bunch of colleges. And we actually think that perhaps political correctness has gotten them in a situation that any time they open their mouth, they're afraid they're going to get dumped on. Or they're going to offend somebody. Or they're going to make somebody mad, and that's going to lead to them getting dumped on. That's right. And I think it is a very uh, good idea that you hit that nail on the head. I think you're right on target. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. We, in case you missed this, I uh, about an hour and a half ago, I posited a theory... And rather than ban guns, we need to ban political correctness. We just need to get rid of it. It leads to paralysis. It leads to fear. And it leads to people not being who they are. You want to give me a couple examples of it. And this, this, these are true stories. Uh, London Sunday Times. Headline. Don't stare at Muslims, says advice to schools. Pupils and teachers have been told by an official body not to stare at Muslims for fear of causing offense. A document intended to educate against religious intolerance and sectarianism urges teachers to make this, quote, make pupils aware of the various forms of Islamophobia, i.e. stares, verbal abuse, physical abuse. Osama Saeed, a spokesman for the Muslim Association of Britain, accused officials of going too far. Look, there are more, far more serious elements of Islamophobia. People, people look at all sorts of things. That can just be a glance. A glance and a stare are two different things. Glances happen naturally with all sorts of things catch your eye, whereas a stare is probably gawking at something. Personally, I've not encountered much of a problem with people staring. I don't know how you would legislate for that. That's not going to stop them. I mean, good for him for speaking out, but um, don't st- they're, 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 they're not, this is not going to be stopped. I'm just telling you that the pupils and teachers, they will continue to be told, don't stare at Muslims. That might incite them. And then... Try this from, uh, this was Tuesday's same paper, a different paper. This is the UK Telegraph. Don't stare at the apes, zoo tells visitors. Most people visit the zoos to see the animals, but visitors to Antwerp Zoo in Belgium are being told not to look at the apes. Now, here's why. Visitors are now confronted with signs telling them that making prolonged eye contact with the apes leaves the apes sad and withdrawn. Uh, Zoo staff reckon staring can result in the creatures becoming less 
sociable. Uh, Multiculturalists usually claim to be respecting people from different cultures while, in fact, treating them with a decided lack of respect. That's the conclusion of James Taranto at bestoftheweb.com. So, two different days, two different U.K. newspapers. Don't stare at Muslims. That's Islamophobia. And don't stare at the apes in the zoo. Because the apes will, will become sad and withdrawn. Well, I don't know if they're crying out. How do you know if they're crying out for attention? I, I, uh, why, why, yeah, just wink at them. If you want to have eye contact with the apes, just wink at them. Uh, why stop at the apes? Don't wink. Don't stare at the tigers. Don't stare at the lions. Don't stare. I mean, you could go even further. Don't stare at your own pet. <laughs> <clears throat> might cause your own pet to become sad and withdrawn. Might give your own pet an inferiority complex. This, this is These are the outgrowths of political correctness. I, I know it sounds funny, and it is. But th- these people are dead serious. Uh, it, it, you know, there is insanity all over the place, and some of it is located in positions of power and authority all over our societies, the Western uh, uh, democracies. Clyde and Boise, Idaho, welcome to the EIB Network, sir. Hello there. How are you? I'm good. good. To talk to Thank you. you. You bet. Listen, I've been listening to you, and I heard you talk about all the people that knew about this nutcase in Virginia, and, and nobody did anything, and I want to know if you'd have been one of those people that knew about him exactly, directly, what would have? What would you have done? What could have been done uh, ahead of time? You're talking about the Virginia Tech situation? Yes. Well, uh, this is this is a this is a question actually for the people in uh, in positions of authority there, and they did uh, do certain things. They put him on antidepressants, and they did send him. He went to a mental institution in two thousand five, but um, none of that apparently had any impact or had any effect. Uh, but, but I know what you're getting at. You're getting at, and it's a valid point. There, was there really any way to stop these things? My my only point in mentioning this is that it, don't forget the context. Everybody said we got to ban the guns. We got to get the guns out of there. I'm telling you, there was all kinds of information long before the guy started pulling the trigger that something wasn't right with him. And so banning the guns, banning th- that's not the solution to this at all. It w- it would have had no impact whatsoever. In fact, they already have banned guns on that campus. But this guy was able to go out and get one because the guy that sold him the gun didn't know anything about him. The people at the school knew that something wasn't right about this guy. Uh, and I, I don't know what you do other than take him out of school and, and institutionalize him. His parents felt he was suicidal. There were all kinds of, of warning signs. Uh, what is what what is your ultimate point with this? Have I touched well, on it or missed the it? The ultimate point is we. I've heard other talk shows t- say that people were remiss in not doing anything and I've been associated with the courts enough to know that we can't arrest a guy because someday he's going to kill somebody. And uh, No, we're so not talking about him. There's not a lot no. we can do about people like that. We're not talking about nobody's talking about arresting him. People, we're, we're, we're doing this in the context of either sequestering him or getting him some serious help. And, and the, the, the talk of paralysis enters the fray, enters the picture when we start introducing the notion of political correctness. Well, because we don't want to be critical because it might hurt his feelings, it might set him off. Uh, yeah, I understand that. Okay. I just wanted to know if you had a solution that, I mean, if I'd have been there and knew this guy, there's not much I could do either. So uh, I, I hear all the criticism about why did everybody let this go on? Well, there's not a whole lot in society that can be done. Hmm. We got to the think. ACLU I'm, I'm... and attorneys, and we got the Constitution, and 
we can't just jump in and do something involuntarily on these people. Uh, well, <laughs> you know what? You're inadvertently making the case for what people here are saying because you're going to have people like the ACLU come along if the school had tried to do anything to sequester the kid until he could have been you know, properly analyzed and, and uh, treated uh, and so forth, he might have been able to get some ACLU lawyers. I don't know. That's that's speculation, too. But you're 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 illustrating the problem. At the same time, you're making a point. I mean, I have people email me today. Well, if we don't get rid of the guns, we're just going to have an OK Corral every day. We don't have an OK Corral in this country. We got all kinds of guns out there, video games and everything else. Thanks, Clyde.